Welcome to the next episode of the Hairbrain Podcast with me, Alice Chief Hair. And today with one of my closest friends and most trusted counsel, Natalie Crank. Now, what I want to say about this woman, oh my God. So first things first, I need to start at the very beginning. We met by the pool in Tenerife. I think it was Tenerife. And instantly, I think we both knew that, I think we both knew that we were both hairdressers. And since then, I think I I have learned a lot about Natalie and her business and her business with her sister, Natasha, that it's, it's really, it's really important for me to get Natalie on because I felt that she had a really interesting perspective and has, has had her fair share of, of troubles, um, throughout her career that she's now in a position, in my opinion, where honestly, and she's going to think I'm gassing her up too much, but she's one of the most amazing, inspiring, trusted, like just amazing businesswomen I've ever come across. And I am so happy to have her on this podcast. And as one of my friends, I don't know what I'd do without her, without having her there for me to just send warbling voice notes to when I'm struggling with something. And she'll send me a 10 minute voice note back with all the answers. <laughs> and I just, I just think it's amazing. I'm, I'm so glad that we met by the pool. <laughs> and they have launched a business called Air Education. And I'm going, I'm going to tell you now, what they don't know about marketing a salon is not worth knowing. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce this lovely woman, Natalie. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming on. I know who'd have thought by the pool all those years ago <laughs> and now we're sat here. I know. It's crazy. And and we're going to dig into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and we did talk a little bit before we came on, didn't we, about it? And it's And I think... I think you said the words where you said that you felt as though you were acting at the time. And actually, I do want to mention that, actually, I really, really want to point it out that I had no idea that you were probably struggling as much as you were at the time. I had no idea. I know you mentioned it and obviously we'd just met, so you were never going to completely lift the lid off Pandora's box. (laughs) (laughs) But you did say quite a bit. And actually it was, it was interesting for me to understand what was, what was going on because I'd never even, I'd never even considered that this was a struggle or this was a thing because I've never been in that position that you were in. So it was really, really interesting and eye opening for me, I guess. So I think what we'll start with is your journey from the beginning. What can you, what color can you give us to demonstrate where you are now and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's quite a lengthy journey. Um, obviously, um, hairdresser through and through. Like, I just literally came out of the womb wanting to be a hairdresser. <laughs> like, I never wanted to do anything different. And Natasha and I, we're, we're identical twins. And um, we played hairdressers as kids. Like, when we're, as I think our memories go back, like, as early as three years old, we were like, no, we're g- this is what we're doing. We're going to have a salon together. I mean, the debate on what we were going to call it is out, you know, something crap like Natalie Natasha's salon was definitely thrown out there. <laughs> Nat and <Nat>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, those plans were, in, in my mind, firmly cemented from being really young. And as soon as I left school, I mean, I'd not even left school. I worked in a salon when I was at school. And I was so lucky to work in the salon's well, a couple of salons that I did uh, because I had such a good upbringing in a salon. 
but really crucially this is where it starts for me is my upbringing in the salon started in a franchise salon um and it was to me it was like the minute I walked in it was success I was like this is life this is what my life is going to be I'm so excited this lights me up like it was buzzing the salon owner that I worked for was winning awards and I don't just mean like crappy little awards like British hairdressing awards like she was amazing and still to this day I'm still in awe of this woman like if I and when I decided I was going to open a business I thought if I could replicate even half of what her business was you know all those years ago when I was still at school I'd be happy with that and so the passion for the industry started before I'd even left school and I left school and then I went straight into it like straight down the rabbit hole I've got to get in there I was like straight down the rabbit hole straight into it and I literally worked my backside off like everybody does like in you know our era like Mm -hmm. similar age I think um that's what you did you know like your knuckles were bleeding you know you worked so hard but you loved every bloody minute of it and um and I did and I loved it Uh, and I never realized how lucky I was um to be in such a good salon I just thought this was the industry I just thought this is what everything every salon's like um I didn't stay there um I, I stayed there up until probably about 21 um and then I did go to another salon and that was equally you know equally as inspiring um was that was that salon a similar sort of setup to the first it wasn't one? a franchise mm-hmm. but the people that were in the salon had been from a franchise you. with me you know so you know what it's like you open a salon and you either replicate exactly what you yeah. had before or you go right I'm doing it completely totally different, different. <laughs> this was a bit different but the morals and the principles were essentially the same she just mm-hmm. put her own stamp on it it was a really good salon it was a really good business and again it probably um shaded my perception of the industry a little bit again because I just thought this this is it this Mm. is what this is what the industry's like you open a salon and you're super busy everyone lives happily ever after and then I'm going to get my yacht soon like (laughs) that's kind of weirdly what I thought yeah because I think we do definitely see I remember when I was um when I was a junior and then coming through as a young stylist I definitely saw my bosses at the time and I thought oh you know they've got this nice car you know they've Can't got wait for that. yeah they've got all this money like wait for it when I have a salon that's it yeah set for life yeah totally I I you know deluded I don't know something there's something different going on in my head to what reality <laughs> was I'm sure anyway so that that's my journey into the salon into salon life and and I I you know I look back with super fond memories lots of gratitude I learned a lot in that time and um specifically you know my skills as a hairdresser um were really fine-tuned at that time and you know at the age of 20 21 I mean I was running back-to-back columns so it was, I, I've never had any anxiety about doing anything it's like you've got a gent booked in with your call uh there's can you do this wedding yeah go on I'll <laughs> give it a go like I just never had any anxiety about it it was always I was always like all in and that was great. And, um, I loved it. And then, um, I, I've always had this kind of ambition to travel as well. And I didn't know how it would work with being a hairdresser. I wasn't sure how the two were going to fit in. And, um, eventually I did go traveling and, um, now my husband, but it wasn't my husband at the time. We actually did go and live overseas together. We were in Australia for a few years and that's where I, probably really realized how lucky I'd been in my upbringing in the hairdressing Mm. world because whilst I did end up working at a good salon I had to kind of almost 
I'm going to say kiss a few frogs to get to the good salon. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my God, is this what the industry's like? <laughs> Have I been lied to all my life? Like there were some bad ones, but I ended up at good one and I loved working there. And for one reason or another, we came home, uh, Mark and I, and that's when Natasha and I decided to put our plans in action. I was like, I was a bit bummed about coming home. I didn't really want to come home. Mark wanted to come home. We still have debates about this 13 <laughs> years later. Uh, but Mark wanted to come home and I was like, right, well, something in my life now has to change because I can't go through all this and then come back and just go work where I used to work. Not that there was anything wrong with where I used to work. But I was like, I need something bigger now. And Natasha was ready for something bigger. She had actually been working in salons as well. Mm-hmm. Um so to give it to give you some idea, like she's not a hairdresser, although she's probably the most knowledgeable person when it comes to hairdressing. <laughs> you know, like people, sometimes it's like in the dispensary, uh, somebody, oh, we haven't got this color watch. So I mix. she's like this ten grams, this ten grams, <laughs> that like like she's killing it. Um, anyway, so she had been working in salons and managing salons, and um, prior to that, she'd done she'd done all sorts of things to be honest, but. At 26, we came together and thought, right, now we're going to, the dreams are coming to reality now. And um, we decided to open a salon. And this is where the franchise came in. I was like, it needs to be bigger than what's around now. I can't go back to just working in any salon. Like the franchise that I had worked at, I'd shut, like the the lady had um, like retired and nobody ever kind of took it back on again like it the, and I felt there was a gap in my town for a franchise group. I have been in the hairdressing industry for 17 years and I am here to tell you about one of my favorite products in the world which is the nourishing shampoo and conditioner in natural tech from Daviness. This is a lifesaver. Oh my God, I cannot tell you how many times where I have come a cropper at the backwash and I've thought, I'm gonna snap this person's hair off. Oh no, I've left the bleach on for too long. This restores the hair, restructures the hair and repairs it from the inside. I use it at home on my blonde hair and it is the most amazing product you need to get your hands on. Yeah, so we were really quickly allowed to to join the group and to open the salon and... Um... Can I just ask something? Go on. So you say that word we were accepted and we were allowed to, is is that part of it that you, you kind of have to go through this process of being accepted to be a franchise yeah. owner? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's different now. I mean, we are talking like probably 13, yeah, thir- exactly 13 years ago. So if it's different now, I don't know. I can mm. only speak on my experiences and I can only speak on the experience of the franchise group that I was with. Um, But yeah, it was, um, we actually went, there was uh, on the website and it was like, let's just see, you know, like kind of what's on there. Maybe I could just get a job in a salon, like Mm. Manchester's not far from us. Like, let's see if if they're recruiting Mm. first. But actually when we went on, it was like, we're looking to open salons in these areas. And um, Lytham was on there, which is, Ah. not actually from Lytham, I'm from Blackpool, but it's like seven (laughs) miles down the road. But I was like, them will do yeah. that, that's fine um it's a nicer area so <laughs> let's go for it um so we were like yeah let's uh let's contact them so we contacted them and I actually weirdly had to go for a trade test I had to go to London and have a wow. trade test on my hairdressing skills not on my business skills which FYI I didn't have any because all you need to do to run a business is do a good haircut oh my god <laughs> I mean again don't get me started on this um 
And Natasha, I can't remember her having to do anything. I can't mm. remember. Although her, <laughs> if you ask, if she was sat here now, she might have some something different <laughs> to say. But I remember having to kind of jump through a hoop to prove myself that I was worthy enough to be a franchisee. Yeah. Anyway, I was. I was worthy enough. And um, we actually made the first contact to them in March 2020. No, what year are we in now? 2010. And uh, we opened in July 2010. So it was so, wow. so quick. And I'd, and in March 2010, I was still in Australia. I wasn't even in the country. Uh, I had, we had to hot foot it back because Natasha was like, I mean, this is the thing about me, Natasha. When we decide to do something, we don't ponder it. We're Go like, in. She's <laughs> like, I, f- I found a cell, I found a, a venue, I found a place. Yeah, you need to hurry up back. Like, come on. <laughs> And there was no Zoom or anything. No. It was like phone calls God. at the crack of dawn or midnight. Anyway, hot-footed it back and um, uh, opened the doors. And, um, well, a little bit happened before that. We took out a six-figure business loan to do the shop Yummy. fit. That was, my, <laughs> that was my first mistake. Um, you know, where most people go... I'm going to open a salon, but I'm just going to have this small one. I'm going to have one apprentice and I'm going to, you know, start to build it up. Oh, no, no. No, we you were want like, to go big or go home. Yeah, we're in. We're there. We're, you know, we're, yeah. we're showing up to the party. We'll pay, we'll pay it back within six yeah. months. We'll fly. Six-figure business loan. <laughs> I mean, why anyone gave that to me, I do not know. Like, I have a whole, whole, this is a whole new podcast. Like, <laughs> why we were given this with zero business experience, I do not know, but it did happen. True story, six-figure business loan, three months later. Oh, oh I, f- I failed to mention my sister was also heavily pregnant. Wow. And oh um, yeah, I know, we don't do things by half. Um, so took out this huge loan, did this massive shop fit. <sighs> Natasha hates me using this word, but I felt quite cocky at the time. <laughs> you know, like, I'm here, I'm on fire. We've got the best salon in town. Can't wait. We've got you really do. good staff as well. Like, and, and that's one thing I've always been blessed with is a really good team. Like, mm. so unbelievably blessed with the team that I've had. And and some of them that are still with me now have been with me from day one. Like, that's amazing. So blessed. Um, and clients, you know, anyway, very, very blessed. Um, we opened the doors and in... The, by the second quarter, we turned over six figures. We were there was no are we going to be VAT registered or not? We were VAT registered straight away. It was virtually. like I didn't even know what that was. Like wow. you know, it was like this is. I just felt like you know I'm going to be successful. I've made this decision, and here I am. I'm successful. Yeah, you know, I've got this. And you had no Buzzing other story and it, no, nothing else going on that was telling you otherwise. So you're going to keep going on that trajectory. Oh, I was being told this is the most successful opening. Oh my you're gosh. doing so well. Um, I felt like I was doing well. Oh, my nephew was born five days after the salon opened. That is <laughs> crucial, actually. That is crucial. But do you know what? I had, we, I had this moment where... My sister was a new mum, her first child, her first baby. And um, it was the salon opened and then five days later he was born. Like by the cesarean section, she couldn't drive. <sighs> and we had this team. We, I, I mean, I'm not even joking, a packed salon. And teething problems were happening um, with like electrics randomly. And I remember this one day, the salon was packed. And I remember doing this like really epic blow dry and all of a sudden all the electricity went <laughs> off and everybody looked to me like I had the answer sort like, out. you know what to, you're the owner you know what to do and I was like 
shit, I only know how to blow dry. I don't know what to do. Let me just finish my blow dry. Yeah, so I was like, damn it, I can't. And so I rang my sister because I thought she'll know what to do. <laughs> and I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but she was just in her own crisis at that minute in time. And she's like, nah, I can't talk. Alfie's nappy's just exploded. <laughs> I can't talk. And I was like, I don't care. I need help. I can't believe I'm telling you that. She might not even remember The least this of happening. her worries basically were the electric at yeah, the salon I, going off. I, and I was like, I've got a packed salon. Everyone <laughs> thinks I've got the answers. I just genuinely don't have the answers. Oh. I mean, that's just one of the stories of how unprepared I was mm. to lead a team to manage a salon, you know, I was a service provider in a really busy salon, which is all I wanted to be. Yes. But suddenly I'm like this, you know, pillar of the bloody community <laughs> that everybody needed. That you can like, flick a switch and the electric comes Jesus. back on. It turned out it was a switch, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but when all you need to do is do a good haircut. Exactly. I'm like, okay. So yeah, so that's how it all started. Um, happy. I like, I feel happy times at that time, but you know, really it quite quickly became unstuck. Unfortunately, it, um, it became unstuck quite quickly. And the only way I can really explain this is it's like, you've got all this money coming in and like six figures in, in like four months. And it's like, you just feel like you're on fire. Mm. I mean, that might not seem like a lot to some people, but you've got to, I've never seen that From sort of money. I've never that. seen that sort of, those sort of transactions coming mm. through. And, you know, some businesses might take that in a month. Yeah. Mine doesn't, you yeah, know, and yeah. it never has taken six figures in a month, whatever. Uh, you know, to me, it all felt like, I, you know, we must know what we're doing. And the money was coming in, but as quickly as it was coming in, it was going out. It was mm. like, okay, surely there's going to be some profit soon. Like, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And yeah. there's going to be some money left over before surely. we know it. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Like, we're working so hard and we've got the best selling in town. Like, why are we mm. not going to be, why are we not profitable? And um, I can't, I there's not a, a moment in time that I just remember it became unstuck. I just, when I, I have unpicked this and unraveled this and gone there so many times and I can't find a moment where I believe it went wrong. Like I just now mm. believe it was wrong from day one. And um, to give you, well, so, you know, I'll t take you to the bottom. <sighs> I'll take you to the top. I'll take you to the bottom and then I'll, fill in Put the, the gaps. two back together <laughs> um we'd gone from turning over six figures in four months to having six figures worth of debt outside of my business loan that I'd taken you know and um I won't divulge the number because uh it just makes me cringe but so much debt and it happened so quickly like I blinked and it happened I mm. felt like and and I was working so hard so unbelievably hard like when we were busy like I could not figure out what was going on so this so this is what we did like when we first realized um we were making a loss like there was a definite moment of we can't pay our VAT bill that was mm. the first thing and um it was like okay what what well I was just doing hair I was like yeah. what do you mean we can't pay it where's all the money gone um so naive unbelievably naive and um it was, it was not there. We didn't have it. And, uh, you know, we had to quickly try and figure out why we didn't have it. Or we must have spent too much. What have we spent too much on? 
don't even know. Like half the time in those early days and for the first nine years, half the time I wasn't even paying myself any money. Mm. Like I didn't even properly draw a wage from the business. Like my staff were earning more money than me. Um, it was touch and go whether I could pay myself. It was touch and go whether we could pay that. And then kind of other things kind of spiraled in that time. And um, yeah. I want to say, well fucking done for doing that for nine years. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. There's a definite, like, like when, <sighs> when you can't pay a bill... If you don't hurry up and fix that problem, it compounds Spirals. so quickly. I mean, unbelievably quickly. Like, you know, from one quarter to the next, one time you can pay it, the next time you can't. Now you need a payment plan. Now you can't pay something else. And and this is the thing. If you don't, it, it's not even put plaster on it. You have to fix mm. that problem and you have to fix it so quick. Because, I mean, at one stage, like, it's like when you have wealth, it compounds, right? Mm. You have... A million pounds sat in the bank, lucky you, it compounds. You get that compound interest. The same happens with debt and it happens so quickly. Mm. You get this compound interest on this debt that you already couldn't pay in the first place. And then uh, £300 a day, you know, at one stage, £500 a day, compound Soon interest. adds up. Adds up. And then you bury your head in the sand for six months. How much do you think you're going to owe after that? And that's from like one VAT bill. And then the next quarter, it's like, oh, now we haven't got enough for this one because we've been trying to pay back the mm. bloody interest on that one. Like it happens so quick. And um, yeah, it's, um, here's what we tried to do, right? We thought we had all the answers and, and we did seek advice. We did seek some help at the time. You know, I say we buried our head in the sand. Um <sighs> periods of this time were actually peppered with quite a lot of personal trauma in our life as well so there wasn't just business like bad business things happening um like personally personally there were things happening uh which I do think we're going to touch on um but strictly talking about the business um here's what we tried we were like right okay what do we need to pay this we need more money that is what we mm. need okay let's just put an offer on and get loads of people into the salon. Yes. Right? Half price. Never been before. Come to half. Come to us for half price. Okay. That didn't work. Surprise, surprise. Uh, next thing we tried. Okay, right. It's not quite working. Can't figure out why. We're really busy all the time. Um, let's open another one. We need a second one. Let's do that. Second salon. Uh, and then, so four years into this process the debt had started and we we're struggling to get on top of it oh yeah what did we do take out another because <laughs> that's the right thing to do yeah that's the natural debt. next step isn't I it i was encouraged to do that though mm. like I, I did take advice again uh you know I, I you know they were my decisions mine and natasha's decisions together you know mm. i can't say some nobody held a gun to my head i did it we opened a second salon and um yeah Still can't pay the bills. What should we do? I know. Let's get beauty and let's buy an 18 grand machine. That will solve all our problems. Like, what was this machine? Oh, I mean, I won't, again, I won't name a brand. <laughs> but it was like, you know, supposed to be slimming and toning. It did yeah. work, you know, whatever. So you were going into a, almost a different industry as well. Just yeah, to try and, yeah, try it was, and make it was beauty, meet. yeah, which I know nothing about. I mean, I like beauty. <laughs> I like it. I was excited to get my nails done. <laughs> but it didn't pay my bills. 
Damn it. Um, yeah, I mean, again, how incredibly naive and, um, you know, learning new skills all the time, like, okay, we need this balayage course. We need this new product line. That's what we need. We need this equipment. We need this, this, this will solve our problem. Yeah. None of it did. None of it did. Um, and then the turning point, like there was, there was, I can't tell you how it started, but I can tell you an exact turning point where we were like this, like enough is enough. Like Mm -hmm. we had strange relationships with each other. Like we had such resentment for each other, like me and my sister. It's like, this isn't the dream. This isn't what we wanted. This isn't what we set out. Where's the frigging yacht? Yeah. This, I I can't even pay myself a a wage. (laughs) You know, why? Anyway we we were not getting on um I I mean at the time I wasn't getting on with anyone I I didn't like myself I you know if I could have walked out my own business I could I would have just got a nine to five but I couldn't I had signed leases I signed a franchise agreement um we were in it wasn't a limited company so it was personal debt to us again we were advised to do that I did understand what I was doing when I did. Like nobody's fluffed this up to me. You know, I, I made these decisions and I did follow the advice. Um, and I mean, I'm not, it wasn't all bad. You know, we, we made some good decisions. We had some good times. And, you know, like I said before, I've always been so blessed. I've had incredible staff come and go, you know, they've not all stayed with me. Um, but yeah, there was a pivotal point. And, um, and this was like Natasha and I often say there was like, not just a bottom of the mountain moment. It's like, we're in a hole at the bottom of the mountain now, and we need to climb our way up. We need to get out of this. I mean, we could have declared ourselves bankrupt. That was a definite option. And we did go and seek advice on that. Mm. Um, we went to see an insolvency practitioner and, um, we definitely could have done it, but and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people that do declare themselves bankrupt, but it didn't, didn't really fit with us. Like, you've got to remember, we were these three-year-old kids with a dream. Like, yeah. it, the dream didn't stop, but it was still there. I really did feel like we could make something of it. Anyway, the pivotal moment that I keep touching on and then coming away from. <laughs> um, my nana got really poorly. Um, she... Um, passed away and we needed time to grieve and we couldn't have it like we felt like the business was going to fall apart if we weren't there and you know what I needed at that time is I just needed I needed the world to stop spinning yeah so I could just get over like trauma I'm still not over it it's seven years I'll never get over it it was the worst time in my life and we were in such a mess and Natasha said to me I'll never forget it don't ever ask me to sign a contract with you again because I'm not doing it I was like okay (laughs) I won't (laughs) and I have still haven't asked her to sign a contract um so that was the moment right the moment was and it it stopped being about money and started to become about time that was that was when it was like okay 
we need to gain control. Like, okay, if we're not going to go bankrupt, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? We've tried everything. Like, we have scaled every possible way that we think that we can. And and now, you know, like, we're never going to get those moments back. Time is so precious. It's so precious. So, I mean, this part is a little bit fuzzy to me. There's a, there's a sequ- an order of events it all happened at the same time, and I might be slightly wrong with the order of events. Um, after after my nana passed away, my sister's husband actually got diagnosed with cancer. It was I can't remember the time period, but it might have it was within a year or two. It but it wasn't long. But it, it felt all at the same time. It felt at the same time, and at the same time that that was happening, we were making active plans to literally get rid of the businesses. We were like dead to us like I I can't carry on like I didn't want to exit the industry like I didn't want to give up on my dream and nobody knew any of this was happening like this this is the thing people were still saying oh you're so successful and I was like yeah sure of course I am I feel like I met you not long after this actually yeah I was trying to think because I think we met in 2019 yeah yeah maybe a little bit after yeah, yeah it was after quite a bit after that maybe we started making plans to exit and we were like, they, they have to go, right? When you're in a franchise agreement, you, you can't just walk away from them. It's, it, it's, uh, is it impossible? I don't know, but it's very bloody hard. Again, is this all stuff that you had no idea about? Um, I never asked the question. Yeah. It was probably in a contract that I probably didn't read. Yeah. Because I was 26. Yeah, 26 year old hairdressers. Get me, get me doing hair. What a contract. I just want to do hair. (laughs) And I remember in those early days, someone said, you know, you must always have an exit plan. I thought, what are you on about? I don't want to exit this. Yeah. I'm here for the long haul. This is my success path. (laughs) Waiting for my yacht. Why am I going to leave? So, but do you know what? Well, okay. We did, we did exit. We sold, we actually sold the second salon. And, and you know what I thought? I didn't think it was the business. I didn't think there was a problem with the business. I still at this moment didn't know what the problem was, Mm. by the way. Mm. Uh, And we are, you know, a number of years in here of not paying myself, having trauma, racking up debt, compound interest in the wrong, the wrong way. And um, we sold the salon and I genuinely thought, if I just remove myself, if we remove ourselves from these businesses, they're going to thrive because it's us. It's us. It's we're the ones like we're the problem here because I've tried everything else yeah, is fine. Done we've everything. got clients, we've got staff. I've, I've got more than what anyone, you know, needs. Mm. But I can't make this work. So it must be me. So they're just gone. So at that point, what was yours and Natasha's plan? Was it to step away completely? Yeah. I mean, I. <sighs> Or did you have a plan at all? Or you I just knew want you wanted to. to take yourself out from... Yeah, I didn't want to. Mm. But I think what we actually realised is we had to scale down. So so this is this is what we came to learn. And um, we, went, we were not long. So we had... This was at year nine. So between year eight and year nine, we were like... And we're in year 13 now. So it's not that long ago. Um, Natasha, Natasha wanted out. She was like... The second I can exit, I'm I'm gone. Like this, mm-hmm. I can't have my life like this. And I was like one foot in, one foot out. Like I wanted to leave the problem. I like so wanted to run away from the problem, um, but I didn't want to leave the industry. And I still did believe that I could 
probably make it work. Like if the debt could just go away mm. and I could, you know, stop the world from spinning for just five minutes, I'll, I'll get it all in order. Because in this time, you're also firefighting everything that's going on in two businesses yeah. and home life and everything else that goes with it. So, you know, you, you're you're exhausted, you're frustrated, you're distracted. And to give you some context of that, like exhausted, I was working all the time, but making no money, distracted. I was firefighting on a daily basis. I was running a full column. I was managing at this stage. Now we've got 18 staff. Um, we working. Well, we, how, how many days were you doing clients? Um, so after, after Luke was born, I never went back to five days. I was probably four days. Yeah. Four days between the two shots. And was that straight after Luca was born? Oh, that you went yeah. Back? yeah. So Luca was born in the January and then um, we actually had a turnover of staff. Um, I mean, Luca was very young, like three, four months old. Mm. I was literally... Straight back in. Catapulted yeah. out of motherhood into, back had into to. work. You had no choice like, but to go and Again, hustle. it's like... Oh, it needs me I've got to go firefight now because somebody's left and um and you know what I felt when somebody left resentment mm. like you can just leave but mm. I can't I'm stuck here yes like I hated it I hated it but I had to put my best face on every time I walked in I did believe in it though like mm. I did I just I just needed to just fix it yeah here's what we learned right 2019, 2018 to 2019, we started making plans to exit. And, uh, you know, we started having conversations with people who we thought we might be interested in buying and selling. It never publicly went up for sale. Neither of them did, although we were interested in selling both of them. Because um, don't forget, the debt was staying with us. Mm. Like it wasn't, you know, you can't fold the business. It's like the, the yeah. debt's personal anyway. So, but I Either just way, need you to not to wrap up anymore. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we actually sought advice outside, like independently now. We were like, right, we're going to go outside of this group and we're going to, um, we actually work with a business coach. And I owe so much this business coach, which is why I'm going to name her, Jessica Crane. Um, could I afford to work with her at the time? No, <laughs> absolutely not. When she told me her fees, I was like, I uh, whatever, I more debt. Yeah, I remember coming to you I can't remember when it was, but I remember we sat in, uh, I think it was like a Costa or something. And you were so, you, you were so enthusiastic. You were a completely different person to the person I met on holiday. As much as I didn't know there was anything going on when we met on holiday. When I spoke to you in that coffee shop, and I vividly remember it, you were so excited. I could tell there was something, you had like a light behind your eyes again. There was a light at the end of the tunnel. There was something that, that was completely different. And I was like, yes. Like, this is just, this is powerful. Like, something's happened to her. Yeah, it did. I, honestly, I mean, if you ever, if anyone knows Jessica, like, this is how I describe her. This vision in pink appeared in front of me. And, <laughs> and she just kind of, she was actually on stage at the time. And uh, we were on a social media course because that's what we needed to learn. <laughs> Honestly, and then Jessica rocks up looking all fancy and glam and gorgeous like she always does. I swear she's like a fembot. Like <laughs> she's not a real person. I'm, I'm sure of it. She she just, anyway, amazing, amazing woman. And 
she kind of spoke to the whole audience, but I felt like she was just speaking to yes. me. She was like, you know, do you feel in your business, whatever goes in, come straight back out. I was like, yes, <laughs> that's me, self-select. And she's like, you know, are you growing? But blah, 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 blah. Whatever it was she said, I was like, oh my God, this woman, this, she's her. got the answer. Yeah. And she was like, okay, um, yeah, I can help you. These are my fees. I was like... <laughs> just help me for free please anyway whatever we did pay her um it was the best money I ever spent I could afford it no but I couldn't afford not to mm. quite frankly couldn't afford not to and this is what I realized and um, this is what I should have realized day one you know 2010 I should when have, you signed that should have known this and this is what everybody needs to know so if you're new in business if you're setting up your salon Get your notepad and pen out and listen to what I'm about to say. The Wait a margin- minute, let me just get mine. <laughs> <laughs> Margins in this industry are so tight. They're so tight. There's no room for error. There's absolutely zero room for error. And and in in total transparency, I'll give you I'll give you our margins. I'll tell you exactly what we work to. They're ingrained in my head. <laughs> when we we're in a franchise, it was this. So. We were so focused, turnover. We were always looking at that top line. Mm. Turnover, turnover, turnover. I'd skim read a P&L, didn't know what it meant. Turnover, how much have we turned over? It was always the question, right? But here here are the margins. Uh, it's a 10%, so no, 20% VAT, because we were VAT registered from day one. So that's gone straight mm-hmm. away. Well, we never paid it, but... <laughs> Has it gone? I, I do now. <laughs> so 20% to VAT. <laughs> 10% to the franchise fee. So they take from your top line, not your bottom line. Of course they do. They're a business, aren't they? They're not going to take from your bottom line when there's no bottom line. So that's 30% gone, right? Stock. 10%. It was never 10%. Never. I Could I get that stock to 10%? No. No, I couldn't. So what are we at now? We're at 40%. No wages are being paid, right? Wage bill, 40%. Oh. 40. Oh. Go on. And then where are you? We're at 80 now. <laughs> I haven't paid any rent. I've not paid any utilities. I haven't paid myself. <laughs> My sister's not been paid. Um, there's no insurance being paid. Uh, no liabilities have been paid. We're at negative. We're in negative. So here's what I learned at that mo- at that moment. It's like, and I think I knew this because we, we'd already set these motions up before we met Jessica. So we'd already started to scale down. And that's actually when you when you're in debt or when you when it, you feel it's starting to spiral or you can't pay something, instead of scaling up, this is my advice. You've got to scale down. You've got to take it right back, right Love back that. to the bare bones. And that is, uh, you know, we, we went this way, this way, this way, this way. Like we scaled everywhere. And it wasn't until we started to bring it back down. We went down from two salons, from 18 staff to one salon and you know, had to make some real hard hitting decisions in that time. Like, uh, you know, I'm not proud of this because it doesn't fit with my values. It doesn't fit with this nurturing nature that me and Natasha mm. both seem to have. We had to make redundancies, mm. you know, if the staff weren't performing, you know, I've, I've had to get rid of people. I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud, but it's business. Mm. Um, we changed, when we exited the franchise group, there wasn't one single element of that business that did not get changed like every like out with everything we're starting again and although it didn't go bankrupt um something needed to happen so we had to make a voluntary arrange arrangement and um it took us uh four years to pay off the debt 
Four years. Four so years a voluntary of my arrangement life. is where you basically agree to pay so much. Yeah. Yeah. You make an arrangement with the creditors. You don't make the arrangement. An insolvency practitioner makes the arrangement for you. It's a legal thing. You're mm-hmm. on a register. Go look me up. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, with my sister. Um, not my finest moment in life. And, um, you know, I, I actually can't believe I'm, I'm saying these words. I can't believe I'm telling you this because like how long we known each other now. And like, I feel like, how have I ended up sitting in this chair? To, I don't know what happened. It's like I woke up and I'm sat here telling you. I want to say though, number one, I'm honoured for today, but I'm also honoured for when you told me that initially. I, I couldn't believe you were telling me actually. And it was one of those moments where I was thinking, if everyone that runs a salon could just hear this. And that's, that's, that's why you're here. Because I think there's a lot more people that are in a mess not saying that you were necessarily in a mess, but there, there is a lot more people out there that are in possibly bigger messes. I mean, I know this is a problem in the industry and, and I do know it is. I didn't know at the time. I thought it was me. I thought it was me and my sister. I thought, you know, we're stupid. We should have never done this. It's us. It's us. It's us. It's us. And um, I know now the, I mean, I don't know the scale of this problem in the industry, but I tell you what, um, two things one why the hell am I sat here telling you about this and I'll tell you why like why you know why am I putting myself in this vulnerable position and airing my dirty laundry (laughs) it's because nobody talks about it and and that if if there was somebody that spoke about this stuff when I when me and Natasha were going Mm. through it I would have had so much strength from that Mm. but nobody nobody would open up and and tell us nobody would um did we talk about it? No, it's been our best kept secret, you know, of our whole life because um, the shame and the guilt that that came with this, you know, it's just crippling. Like I, I didn't want to tell people we were failing. I wanted to be a successful businesswoman mm. and I was a failing hairdresser. Like w- what's happened? Like, so why am I telling you this? It's because I want to shine a light on a problem that I absolutely know exists in this industry. And um, not just me, Natasha wants to shine it as well. In fact, she would have done it a lot sooner than me. But, you know, I've, you know, I had to overcome my emotions around this. Like the fact I can talk about this without crying. Even, it's amazing. You know, like I'm not emotionally detached from it. Um, I've, I've worked a lot on that. But so that's one thing. Um like, why am I telling you? I can't remember my second point. That's fine. Do you think that there's, because I, I have this personally, um, and it's something that I want to ask you about later in regards to the financial thing. Um, but do you think there's something with hairdressers that we we tell ourselves, I tell myself this, that I'm not a numbers person and I'm not, I was never, I don't know, maybe if there's something in hairdressers, there's always that talk of, oh, go into hairdressing because that's easy. You know, it's, you don't have to get your, get your maths C to be a hairdresser. You can get a D or whatever. Um, So do you think that we bury our heads in the sand so much that I I don't know, because I, I definitely, the amount of, the amount of salon owners that I've spoken to in my time and you as well now, would it suggest that this is, this is happening without people knowing. Do you reckon there's a lot of people that are still burying their heads in the sand? 
Right, this is the second thing. So thank you for reminding <laughs> Ooh, me. I jogged it without even realising. Yeah. So I, it was probably a bit of imposter syndrome, but literally mm. last night before, you know, I'm wide awake, because this is what I do, <laughs> going through my head, is this the right thing? Do I want to tell people this? Blah, 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 blah. And I thought, maybe it was just us. Like even yesterday, mm. I, this thought came into my head, like, Maybe this doesn't happen. Maybe it's just me. So I thought, no, I need to back this up. Uh, beside the stories I've got, I need to back this up. So I went down another rabbit hole and um, <laughs> Googled it and um, found a report that it, it was from 2018. So it's maybe slightly different now. Um, and I can't even remember the name of the report, but I will be able to find it. Um, that 5% of salons in the UK survive seven, like longer than seven years. 5%. Five percent. Five percent, right? So that tells me alone that this is a problem. That yeah. alone, like I don't even, I know it's a problem because I've spoke to people about it. Like since I've started opening up and since my sister has, like people have confided in us. Um, I work with salon owners all the time now. I, you know, I, I've i got my finger on the pulse of what's happening, mm. I think. And perhaps not to the extreme of, you know what Natasha and I went through perhaps mm. it didn't it's not that bad for some people but perhaps it didn't need to get that bad like yeah. we got to a painful point and moved away from it perhaps somebody's painful point is not being able to pay one that bill or not being able to pay themselves once I don't know everybody's behaviors and motivations yeah. are different you know for Natasha and I unfortunately it did get that bad and it did get out of control um you know if if people aren't you're getting seven years and shutting the doors I, I mean, I don't know, but I, think, I know it's a problem. Yeah. And I do think it's because, you know, you open your salon because you shit hot at what you do mm. and you think, well, that salon owner's coining it in, so I'm just going to open yeah. mine. Yeah. And my previous boss, not in your case, it sounds like you had amazing bosses, but I think yeah, for I mean, a I, lot, I could definitely mm, say things maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for a lot of, I, I don't know if it's the hairdressing breed, that we kind of think that we would we would do things better. We yeah. would we would fix that problem that I've seen yeah. happening. And why do or... I need to read a PL? Like, yeah. You know, as long as there's bumps on seats, what does it matter? Yes. Whereas we were attracting the wrong people into the business because we were discount led. Although we you know, we never said we were discount led. We were like, we just need money in the till. Yeah. Whoever's willing Any to money. pay us, come on in. <laughs> you only want to pay a fiver? Go for it. <laughs> um Yeah, so but I want to say that I think I think you are very hard on yourself and I think it's something that we talked about before yeah. with with Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> um but I don't think there's I, I really don't think there's many people that would have the tenacity and the drive and the desire to completely flip it around like you have. It, it's not been easy it's it's been you know I, I said before the hardest thing in my life you know was a period of time and, and it does come down to time and the time spent paying off that debt was so hard and you know I, I said about my nana things got worse after that you know like it got worse you know we had other traumas personally in our life we had other issues in the business we had a pandemic as well, like flipping heck. Now what else can be thrown my way? Um, and that happened to everyone, don't get me wrong. And do you know what? I, I talk about 
bereavement and um, you know cancer diagnosis like it's life though mm. do you know what yeah. oh it's life these things happen to everyone it's not just me yeah. like don't get your violins out and feel sorry for me because <laughs> this does happen in life and guess what these things happen in business they happen but I wasn't <laughs> emotionally stable to deal with it for one I wasn't, I didn't have the education to deal with it. I did not know how to deal with it. I have had to learn like quite often now when I'm helping other salon owners, quite often I get this question, how do you know that? And I'm like, ask (laughs) ask me how I know this. Ask me how I know. I paid a price to learn everything I know now. I've either paid for a coach Mm. or I've paid for it in time. I've either not been able to outsource something so I've had to figure it out myself Mm. And now I'm qualified enough to help you because mm. I know the ins and outs of this or I've paid, you know, a lot of money to, and I've not just worked with one coach, I've worked with several. I'm There's there's three people that are coaching us in different elements mm. of things now. And um, I'll never be without that because I'm actually addicted to learning now. Yeah, this is something that's a thread actually that I'm noticing in everything that you're saying is that you're, you have got an incredibly open mind to everything. And I wonder if maybe you wouldn't have had that if you, because I mean, I definitely had it when I first set up the business. I was like, no, I know what I'm doing. Like you said, cocky. So I, you know, I I, I know what I'm doing with numbers. I know how to manage a team. I know I, I can do it. It's fine. But I think that taking it back down and probably using me to kind of give you some compassion is that I don't think you would be, perhaps I mean look at yourself at 26 would you have been open to working with all these coaches back then no (laughs) no I mean if anyone came in and told me how to run the business I'd be like what shut up (laughs) I know what I'm doing I can do it amazing graduated Bob what can you tell me that I don't know that I don't need to know yeah oh my god so naive like I could cringe at Mm. myself but I (laughs) Everybody does it, mm. you know, and, and Victoria and I uh, were having this conversation in the car on the way here uh, because her son's about to leave school and go into an apprenticeship. And she said, and, and it's, it's, it's not independent to the hair and beauty industry. This is uh, apprenticeship and industry wide yeah. in lots of, lots of fields. You know, you, if you're going to go learn a trade, you need some business skills with it. Mm. You need to learn business as well. Like you need to learn how to handle your money. You need to learn how to read P&Ls. You need to learn, you need to, yeah. you need to even learn what VAT is. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember having a conversation with my mom who's not, not business minded at all, but we were, we we're in the car going somewhere and we were talking about like my experiences at school. I wasn't that academic. I don't know about you. Were you academic? Mm. Uh, a bit of a geek. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. But I think that what school is missing is, and perhaps going on to that next stage where people do go into apprenticeships, is is learning that stuff. Like, yeah. have I ever used frigging algebra again? No. Yeah. But I could do with understanding an Excel spreadsheet and understanding yeah. profit and loss. Or yeah. I, that's really, really tangible stuff that we could we do. You know do what? This is how we've got here. This is coming back to me. <laughs> how you've got me in this seat right you sent me a voice note and I can't even remember what it was about and by the way for the record you're the only person who I leave voice notes to I'm like what is this what is this stuff maybe I need to get on board with it if Alice is okay with it I'll voice note back don't even know how to voice note and you said something like you know often we talk about the business and you're like oh could you just help me with it I can't believe I don't know how to do this after eight years and I went 
Oh my God. And I think I gave you a telling off. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I was like, can't hear you listen. I can't listen to you say yeah. that, Alice, because nobody's born with these skills. Yeah. Like, and you're not born with these skills and you've not gone into business knowing them. And now you're just at the start of learning these skills that you mm. want to learn. Mm. Stop kicking yourself about it. You know, like nobody's born with that. As a salon owner, I love working with Daviness. However, I love it even more because I'm a farmer's daughter. Daviness have created a farm and research centre in Palmer, their hometown, with the Rodale Institute to cultivate the regenerative organic agriculture movement, working to heal our planet through scientific research, farmer training and communication. This is something that is really close to my heart and I'm so excited to be involved with it. Can I reflect that advice back onto you? Go on. The same advice. Well, of course. No, <laughs> I wasn't born with the skills of running a business. I mean, am I the finished article now of running a business? No, I don't know if anyone ever is. You know, am I qualified to tell anybody what to do with money? No, I'm not. I think you're more qualified than most. Well, could I tell people how to get out of debt <laughs> without going bankrupt? I know that equation. <laughs> nah. I've gone through that over and over in my head. But I think I think there's something in... You mentioned it earlier, imposter syndrome, right? And there's definitely conversations we've had where I've sort of said, look, you, you, this is you. Like you're, you know, I've compared you to people maybe said and, and said like, you, this is this is where you're at. Like this is the point you're at. And what are the things that you've said back to me? Little old me. I don't know. I I, I see you. I see you there with those yeah. people. And that's not as a friend either. Honestly, that's, that's as a, that's as a, a, another person in the industry from the outside looking in. And I think that that is incredible. And I know you're going to feel uncomfortable with all these compliments, but. <laughs> I just think when you beat yourself with a stick for so long, it's hard, it is hard, you know, it's hard, it's hard to take that because, you know, um, feelings of shame and guilt, like they don't go away overnight, you know, uh, I mean, I'm in a much better place now. Uh, by the way, I'm debt free. I don't think I've got to Wait that a minute, point, that's but... a mic drop moment. Debt free. <laughs> um, and so is my sister. You know, we pay, we've paid back what we needed to pay back. And, um, you know, we run a profitable business now. And, and actually we have multiple business interests now. You know, like, I'm like... I ain't never going back there again. This is not <laughs> happening, right? And I, you know, had to do a lot of work on my own mindset to get to that stage. But, you know, I think really that belief that I've always had, like, we can, I know we can do this. Mm. We're just doing the wrong things, mm. you know? I'm not prepared. Nothing wrong with going to work in Tesco, but I don't want to. Like, no. I've got this entrepreneurial spirit in me. And it's not going anywhere. Like I can beat myself with a stick all I want, but it's not going anywhere. It's still there. So, and and now, you know, when I look back at that time, like the only thing I feel about it now, and, and for a long time I had anger. I mean, hatred was in there. Like I don't feel that now. I just feel absolute gratitude mm. that all of that actually happened because I am who I am now. And I, 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 feel that I've got more to give now like I can make a bigger impact on the industry yeah. and I can help people you know we're going beyond now just doing a shit heart graduated bob right I feel like there's hard hitting 
problems in the industry that I can help with. Mm. And, you know, like we really niche down and we help people with marketing. You know, why do we help people with marketing and, and not numbers? Because I genuinely think like people try and scale in the in the wrong direction like yeah. that they, they were the mistakes I made it came down to marketing and in particular it's having your business objectives and your marketing aligned with each other mm-hmm. like if they're not aligned you're not going to hit your goals yeah um so yeah I, I, you know gratitude is where I am now it makes absolute sense and I think that you are you already have shined a light on an on an issue which is i think it's the the wing it thing and i think there's definitely there's there's almost some pride in our industry with saying that we're winging it as well yeah. and there's also pride of you know i don't know like i i had this pride of oh it's fa- i'll be fine not getting paid yeah yeah i mean is anyone else like that or is that just me <laughs> no know. everyone else is like that I was like, i'm like that <laughs> yeah like why do we do that like yeah. i don't know I, I guess i mean again this is my perspective and people might disagree but i think as you know when you're a service provider you're emotionally connected yes. and i think you you almost feel like the thank you and the confidence that you pass to somebody is your reward enough like yeah. you, you don't need to get paid for it which is just ridiculous there's definitely a narrative that's been around for a very long time in the hairdressing industry with that that and i guess that's you know things are starting to change definitely with with i guess with people you know starting to look at their numbers and charge correctly and and not give freebies out not give a 50% discount to try and fill the salon yeah um so I do think it is changing but I think that what you and Natasha are doing is is allowing people to I guess allowing people to learn about that connecting the marketing with the goals and but but the reason I'm saying that is because I'm not sure a lot of people and I'm not, I'm speaking very general at the moment, but I'm not sure a lot of people focus on the goals of the business. No. They look at the bums on the seats yeah. and they look at the busyness. And- yeah. And, and the goals can be personal, you know, mm. like it's, it can be, what is your exit strategy? Like, where do you want your retirement to be? Like, it doesn't need to be, you know, industry goals. Like I want to win this award or I want to scale to five songs. Like what, whatever the goal is, like you do you, mm. but you know, my goal now is about time. Mm. Like it's, it was a very clear moment where I was like, this has took up all my time, passion, energy, everything. Uh, and now what I want is time. Like, how can I change my business to give me time? Which actually I don't have a lot of time, but it's on my terms yeah, now. Yeah, this is it. And was that was it that point where your nana got ill that you were you had that thought, that moment where you I need to somehow figure out how I'm going to step out of this? Yeah, I I um, yeah, I, I wanted to be with her all the time. Like when she was mm. ill, I just wanted to be with her. Um, and I probably could have, you know, looking back, like, why didn't I? But I was like, the business needs me. <laughs> my clients need me. Yeah. Why have I put my clients first? Mm. They would have survived. But my nana didn't. And I, I, it kills me. It kills me. Like, I can, I'll beat myself with a stick every day of my life for that. But I did make that decision. And it, it was because of the pressure I was under. Mm. Like, I know, I know it. Yeah. Like, financial pressure is tough. It is tough you know, throw in personal problems, like it is so hard. Mm. It's so hard. And, you know, it's hard to know, like 
it's it's like you know you're making these sacrifices for for what mm. a business to just keep going on the yeah on the it's ridiculous treadmill. yeah it's a merry-go-round me and Natasha <laughs> talk about it all the time it's a merry-go-round but the merry-go-round we were on it was like in a horror movie with like clown faces coming at <laughs> you really fast. yeah <laughs> I was like oh my god get me off <laughs> so in that time so you had you had your nana that was poorly bless her and you had another personal thing happen. My son was born. Your son was born. Yeah. Um, my, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> go there then. Um, my sister's husband was diagnosed with cancer. That that actually really knocked us like sideways, that did, because this wasn't, this was grief in a different way. This is something like, it was very unexpected. He was well when he was diagnosed, which really, like my sister she was having periods where she had real anxiety like she couldn't leave the house Mm. like I feel like something bad's gonna happen if I leave the house like whereas I was like I need to be there I need to be in the thick of things like Mm. we were very how we coped was very different to each other which is probably another reason why we weren't getting on because I was like I need you and she's like I need to be at home yeah um Again, um, just yeah, any suspense here. Her husband's fine now. <laughs> um, he did have to go through chemo, and and um, you know he was very poorly. Um, it, it was a really hard time. Again, you know, it was just. But again, it, it is life. But mm. you know, these things do happen. Um, if you're in an employed job, though, you just go off sick, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, you know, you yeah. know what it's like. <laughs> I'm sat here preaching to the choir. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, you don't want to, but part of me thinks as business owners, we should prepare yeah. for this. Yeah. In a Weather strange a kind storm, of way. Yeah. But, but you think you're untouchable. Yeah. It's not going to happen to you. Yeah, Surely this is not going to happen. And let me tell you, Natasha's husband went into remission and four years later my husband got the same cancer and and you know again I'm talking about this without crying because I can at this moment Mm. in time again I'll let the suspense go he's fine now um but honestly at that time you just literally like we are what is wrong with us what is going on what else is gonna happen yeah like and I felt embarrassed like why do I feel embarrassed that my husband's got cancer? This is crazy. It's because I'm so sick of being sub story after sub story after sub story. Like, when are things going to get good for us? I mean, we've, again, talked extensively about this. It's a wonder me and Natasha didn't get cancer, you know, because of the stress we're under yes. or whatever illness. We didn't. We're both well. I think we are. Um, today we are. Um but both our husbands did. And, and we do, the guilt that came from that, we're like, is it because of us? I mean, how can you how yeah, can you say that yeah. to yourself? But it is. It's yeah. those strange things that go through your mind when you're faced with something that huge. Yeah. I mean, it is extreme. I know, I know this story is extreme. And again, I'm not saying, I'm not telling anyone this because I want a pity party. Like, you know, what I'm trying to demonstrate is like, 
there are boulders in your way when you're trying to get to where you want to be. Like you set the goal. Our goal was like, it's a time thing. We needed to be debt free to get that time and Mm -hmm. to get that kind of what freedom and success looked like to us. You know, we set that, that was firm in our head. And on the the route to that, there were other boulders that got in the way. And and, and that does happen and it can happen, but you need to surround yourself and you you need to have people around you that can help you get o- over the boulders. Yeah. So for you, there were the boulders, the personal, the personal things that happened in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the pandemic. Yeah. 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 Which happened to everyone, you know, but I mean, don't know about you, but I loved it. I loved it. I was like, what? The salon's closing. Wait a minute. That was the time we needed. <laughs> yeah. The salon's closing. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> this is just what I need Um, just as we were leaving the franchise as well so the first pandemic the the first lockdown um in the March and we rebranded in the July it's like oh my god maybe the universe is giving us something I mean I'm not joking about the pandemic I I won't even go there but what we needed at that minute was time and um the universe did give me some time Mm. so um Again, gratitude. The world works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about how how you are now. Talk to me about what's going on now and how you've yeah. got past the boulders. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, I've continued to work. I, we continued to work with Jessica in this whole time. And honestly, like if there was ever a time where we were like falling apart at the seams, which happened quite a lot, she would literally, you know, tell us like, pick yourself up basically come on (laughs) okay vision in pink I'll do that um so she was a really good guide for us and we've had other coaches and I'm working with a really good coach at the minute I'm not going to name any more names but um but um that you know kind of guidance like I feel like I need accountability right Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm saying that like where I am at now is I feel confident in where we go in I feel confident in where we're at I feel like we are solving meaningful problems in the industry I feel like I'm still so grateful the team at the salon are absolutely brilliant you know they're really good and um I mean most of this stuff is going to be a total surprise to them I don't know any of this um how does that feel maybe I won't have a team yeah no you will um so yeah, no, everything's good at the minute. We rebranded in 2020 and um, when we were rebranding, we were told we'd be bankrupt within two years. It's been three. <laughs> Overcome that master. Yeah, it's been three and I'm debt free. So, uh, <laughs> haha. Um, no, things are good. Like uh, we're in, we're all in a much better place. We're all healthy. Um you know, like I say, we, there's a multiple business interests now. It's not just a salon. The education is a hundred percent what lights us up now. You know, it's um, it's almost like channeling all these things that we've learned and all these mistakes that we've made, and now we can help other people. Mm. Not in this, not exactly in the same situation, you know, really, but need some support you know like we kind of bring it down to three things like um strategy systems and support and you need all three you actually need all three and a lot of people miss out the support part because you think I can do this I don't need Mm. anybody but I don't know if you've ever read read this book I absolutely love it um 
um happy sexy millionaire by stephen bartlett no no okay oh my god get it on audio yeah. if you don't read um if anyone is interested i highly recommend this book um and he talks about it it's actually the topic that he discusses in this book is it the part that I'm referring to is talking about depression and he's talking about how it was so um, amplified in uh, in lockdowns and it was because um, people were locked in the houses and uh, there was no like tribe. It's like, it's like instilled in us um, yeah. to have like tribal instinct. Like yes. we survive better in tribes. Like <gasps> it's a thing like Google it. Yeah. I'm not making Makes this up. Sense. Yeah. Makes a lot so of sense. When in business and in life, I think people go, I know the strategy. I've got the systems. Mm. I don't need support, but that is actually the most That's important the part. Point. And, and I know <sighs> for me, it's like the support is priceless mm -hmm. and the accountability from that is is what I need like mm. I don't need to answer to anyone my business is my business and my direction well and Natasha's <laughs> and the direction it's going in is where we want it to go but just having that accountability just you know mm. really helps us as a salon owner I am proud to be a partner with Daviness Daviness have been a hair care company for 30 years and what they've done for the planet is astounding I am proud to say to our clients that we use Daviness, I am proud to stock their products, and I am proud to have been an educator for them for a number of years. Something that is amazing about Daviness is their education offering. So for you as a salon owner, this is an amazing company to get involved with. They have hours and hours and hours of online education at your fingertips. Not only that, they have a Daviness Facebook group with education that is updated daily and they have face-to-face -face education sessions across the country and you may even have the opportunity to go to Italy where all the products are made. Okay, so you have launched Air Education and your salon is doing phenomenally well. Yes, I mean, things can always be better. Like, I'm, again, I don't want to be sat here going, you know, whatever. Things can always be better and it can in any business. Like, we, yeah. we're never the finished article. It's not, I don't mm. think I'll ever sit here and go, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> I won't be done. No, because you won't be. I know you won't be. <laughs> yeah, so to me, to me, your salon is doing, is doing really well. And I think that let's talk a little bit about the awards that you've won. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, 2020, um, we, been open a matter of weeks and we were shortlisted for the British Hairdressing Business Awards as a newcomer and again I felt like it was a big fingers up to people who yes. told us you're not going to survive this because I was like I've I've overcome so much already and mm. you think I can't rebrand my business lots of people I, you know I'm not talking about one person in particular lots of people I think thought we were going to fail um so yeah I mean we didn't win that um but just to even be nominated I mean again it reaffirmed my belief like this is the right thing to do yeah. like we're, we're on yeah, it we're on, on right it track. again yeah <laughs> yacht incoming <laughs> do you think um those all those moments where I guess people were doubting you how much of a motivator has that been I mean, I've doubted myself quite a lot. Um, as I, I, 
people doubting me. I mean, it's like one of them things. Somebody says, you can't do it. You go, watch me. Mm. There's always, I think we've always had that really, um, both of us. I I don't know where that comes from really. But yeah, uh, when Natasha and I decide to do something, it it doesn't matter what anyone's saying, we're doing it. it. We are like that. Mm. You know, if we say, this is where we're at now, right? She goes, or it could be me, even Victoria has this conversation with us. Like literally one day I go, I've got an idea. And that's it. You know, you know, something shit's about to hit the fan, <laughs> right? We're going to make be making some changes and she'll do the same. Like, I don't know. I feel like n- now there's clarity in our heads. Mm. It's like you're almost in a zone of genius. I mean, I hate that word. I hate yeah. it. But it's like you can see clearly, you can see what needs to happen. You can make the changes, the necessary changes in your business quickly. Mm. You can act on things quick quickly and you know have confidence in doing so. Um so yeah, I mean haters are always gonna hate, <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I mean people will not like what I'm saying today and tell me I'm wrong, I'm sure. But some people will resonate with it. And if I hit one person with this story and they resonate with it, then I'm cool with that. But this is, this is where we're at. These, these are, this is what's happened. I think it's, I, honestly, I think it's an amazing story. Honestly, it's an amazing story. And I think that it, it speaks volumes about you and Natasha because any, any, any family working together, that's, that dynamic is challenging, I imagine, to say the least. Probably not so much now for you two, but any business that you see that's a family-run business, there's always there's always notoriously problems, isn't there? And I think... I think there's notorious... There's problems in every business. Yeah, I mean, of course. Add the fa- Do you know, at one stage, and this, I haven't said this, but we have another sister. Um, yeah. She is younger than us, and um, she's a hairdresser as well. And at the time where it was the absolute hardest she worked for us. Oh my so gosh. throw this into the equation. You, your life's just shit hits the fan. And three people have to exit the business to grieve yes. or to deal with something <gasps> or something's happening. You know, so like we're a family business through and through. Mm. Like family ingrained, like my, my staff members, like they ask, they're like, they're like my family, you mm. know. They only set you say like you can't be friends with your staff, whatever. I mean, friends is one thing. Family is another. Like mm. I feel nurturing towards them. There's a bit of a joke uh, <laughs> that's come out. And actually I, re- I do realize this about myself. And it's one of the, one of my team members told me this about myself. And uh, I did realize that I do do this. And Natasha definitely does. And now I'm aware of it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm breastfeeding again, <laughs> aren't I? <laughs> like we are just like mums. <laughs> We just, I'm like, oh yes, that is what I do. I literally go oh, without wow. to breastfeed everybody. Wow. I'm like, no, yeah. they're, they're drying up now. Sorry. <laughs> no more. No more milk left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, I don't breastfeed anybody, but it's just an, an yeah, analogy. Record, she doesn't breastfeed herself. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I do like, they are they're not like children to me that is so derogatory but you know we are a family and the 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 whole sense of air you know it's not a play on words on hair it's nothing like that (laughs) you sound like you've had that a lot of times yeah (laughs) well yeah I mean there is that play on words I'll I'll let that go but (laughs) the values the values behind the brand are you know nurturing and raising 
the industry and being a pillar of community uh, pillar of community that's not yeah. what I mean but I think pillar right. in the community yeah. not of community you know yeah. what I mean I know what you meant whatever that that bit means um <laughs> a long-standing pillar in the community you know and 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 but like nurturing my team you know paying into the pensions like I am an absolute massive advocate for having an employed team because I want to pay you now and I want them to be ready to retire they're not thinking about their retirement in the 20s mm. I didn't damn it why didn't yeah. I but now I'm like okay I'm going to tell all my team, mm. I, even the apprentices, the minute you can pay into a pension, please do, do so. It. Because I'm going to tell you all about compound interest. <laughs> Ask me how I know this. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, it goes beyond um, telling them how to do a graduated bob now. It goes into, you know, I, I want to nurture them. I want them to come to work, feel fulfilled and, you know, have a good work-life balance, whatever that looks like for them. And, you know retire comfortably that is what I want for them you know and um that is that is the brand you know whether the team say we breastfeed or not <laughs> it is it is the brand and it is it's what we stand for it's what we believe and in regards to your role within the salon part of your business what does that look like now yeah so I um stopped doing hair at mm-hmm. Christmas I didn't ever think I would. Um, and how was that? How was that? Really hard. Mm. Yeah, it's not, it's not an easy decision to make. Although I knew it was a decision that I had to make a long time ago. Like a long time ago, I, I knew. But the debt kept me there, really. Mm. I, I kept thinking like, God, I, I need to be churning. Churning out, it sounds so bad, doesn't it? But, but that's like, what it feels like. Yeah, so I guess it's yeah an I'm stuck place behind of, this yeah. chair. Um, we need the money in the till. And I always felt like if I stop doing hair, that's going to be like a dip in the turnover. And how silly would I be to do that? I've, we've never had a dip in the turnover. It's been the best thing. It's been the best thing ever. Um, so I procrastinated over this for a long time. I actually cut down to one day a week first. And I thought, I'm going to see how this feels. Mm. I'm going to try it on. I'm going to just do clients on a Friday and if on Thursday I'm like dead excited to go do clients and know and mm. know it's the right thing I, I wasn't excited yeah I was like oh I've got loads to do why have I got to go stand behind the chair yeah I've got god this. damn it or Mark's off why am I at work why have I still <laughs> not got the flexibility I want so I uh I did decide to stop doing clients and I don't regret it it's been the best thing but I think the thing is, I think when you're spinning a lot of plates, so there's not just the edu- there's not just the salon business and the team who are all employed. You know, we've got an education business. I've got I've got actually a third business interest, uh, which is not in the industry at all. And um, the education business lights me up the most. And you know, I've changed and grown so much as a person, and so is Natasha. And we're in this place now but I'm still in the place I was at 26 mm. churning out graduated bobs. Um, and I just thought something needs to drop. Like I need to drop something. I've been in too many plates and something needs to come off, you know, off this now. And I felt that clients was the right thing. Like I am business owner. Mm. I'm not a hairdresser anymore. Mm. Like I'm going to stop saying I'm just a hairdresser. Yes. My sister's <sighs> told me to stop saying that for a long time, but I still say it. <laughs> I'm just a hairdresser, not just anything. 
Um, so I'm a business owner now. Love that. Tried that on. Love that. It feels nice at the minute. I'll go with that one. (laughs) Does it need any alterations? No, I'm, you know, toyed with educated for a while. No, I'm not sure about that one either. Yeah. Business owner. It's amazing. It's amazing. Honestly, like as a friend, I am very, very proud of you. Like, thank you. I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to, proud to have seen it happen, seen it unfold, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you a couple of questions. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Ooh. Okay. This, this it's a, right. I learned a quote. It stays with me everywhere I go. And it kind of like became a mantra. It's a bit dark, but, um, it, it fits for me. Mm. And, uh, Winston Churchill, mm-hmm. if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stand and have a cup of tea. <laughs> keep going, you know, and that, that's always kind of stuck with me. Like you're going through hell, keep going. Don't, don't ponder it. Just move move get out of that painful place whatever that looks like um I I I tell myself this is this is something I tell myself you know whenever you know it doesn't matter what the painful place is now it's personal business whatever don't stay here you know like you Mm. you'll get on the other side Mm. of it before you know it and you'll feel gratitude again but then again I think a lot of people would just stick in it well I did for a long time it, sometimes it's easier to stay in a painful mm. place. Sometimes you know that the thought place. of changing and the thought of changing everything is harder. Mm. Interesting. No, it's very good because I think you mentioned something before before we started and it was, uh, the, I kind of want to ask a little bit more about the motivation to run away from something that's painful rather than something to like going towards something that's good yeah so again this isn't this is this is something I've come to learn um it's not I've not made this up I don't Mm. know who I've learned I've probably learned it from a multiple multiple places but it's like the motivation to move away from pain is instinctive like Mm. you just something hurts you you move away from it yes and it's it's a natural reaction and you know what should happen and which is why why do people stay in painful places? I don't know, because the instinct is to go away. I suppose, do you know, I remember having this conversation with Victoria not too long ago and it was, I know I need to stop doing clients. So this was the pain I was mm. in, right? This is the painful place. I know I need to stop doing clients. And she'll say, right, next time you come and check somebody out, just say, next time I'm going to book you in with this person. And I come and check them out and go, six weeks then. <laughs> like, why am I doing this to myself? And I was like, because I felt like it would be a more painful place having to tell the person, I'm not going to be doing your hair anymore. Mm. So it's like, it is an instinctive thing to move away from pain. But if you feel like you're going to move into a more painful place, it's hard to move away from that yes. initial pain. The other thing is, is moving towards pleasure and this is where so you're either moving away from pain or moving towards pleasure mm-hmm. and that doesn't moti- funnily enough doesn't motivate people as much because you can get distracted along the way yeah. it's like the pleasure is this There's I, keep, good I keep along saying the way it the on. yacht the goal <laughs> whatever that goal what does it look like by the way I hate the sea I don't know why I keep referencing <laughs> yachts like I absolutely hate water but anyway I've just picked this image in my head um 
whatever that goal is, right? If that is your pleasure, that's what you're moving towards. You are so easily distracted Mm. and it could be firefighting. It could be something shiny, object syndrome, whatever. Like moving towards pain, uh, moving away from pain, you're more likely to get to where you want to to be. I think, yeah, you've got to find that painful place. Mm. You've got to hit that painful place first. Yeah, to me, it's unearthing it and understanding what that is. Yeah. And I guess... I think that we, we we may be quite similar and I think we talked about it before in that because we haven't touched on the um, financial counselling and that's something I think I need. <laughs> I didn't know me, it existed. It's, yeah. it's a pain point for me to think about that. So I, and oftentimes I will go away from it as much as possible. Yeah. But actually digging into that pain point will probably propel me quicker yeah it's got to, like you say it's got a one on earth things and actually so like what you're referencing there is um after well the debt wasn't even paid off like I was we were getting through the debt we were moving forward like there was a light at the end of the tunnel like you said you saw a change in me and you felt there was some change like I could see a light at the end of the tunnel and I knew it was coming although it was you know we had to just go through all the things um <laughs> So it was there and um, what was happening at the time is I decided I needed to make some grown up decisions like I don't have a pension because I've never put myself first. You know, even I mean, don't know about you, but like when I was starting out in this industry, I was actively put off having a pension. Like, mm. why did, why? I don't even think I knew that there was anything no, available. Like, don't do existed. that. And now I'm like <laughs> telling everyone, have you got a pension? Please put some money in it as young as possible. Compound interest. Um <laughs> Oh my God, my son's going to hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I decided to make this really grown up decision and uh, have a financial advisor and, you know, get my life in order. And uh, I couldn't, I wasn't emotionally (laughs) capable of dealing with a financial advisor because it was like, okay, so where are you at? Um, Six figure debt. Um, Where do you want to be? A yacht. <laughs> like, <laughs> worlds apart. Okay, and how are you going to get there? I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm here to see yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then it was like, wow, I've got to put a lot of work into this to get to where I want to be. And it's like, I was so emotionally unstable about this. It's not funny. I could not talk about this. Like, I had a review with her. We started... <laughs> putting some things in place and I thought how am I ever going to keep up with these payments of this pension of where I want to be you know I'm like approaching 40 I need to hurry up um and then literally 12 months later we had a, a review the second time a second review and uh, I literally worked myself up in my head so much about this like oh my god I can't believe I've got another review with Fliss she's gonna laugh at me she's gonna judge me you know just beating myself with a stick mm-hmm. over and over again um but I did attend the meeting luckily it was on zoom and um within minutes I mean I I wouldn't even say I was like a little sniffle cry I was ugly crying oh, like wow. and she just said to me like maybe you know we can pause this right now, but maybe you need some like financial like counseling. I was like, wiping away the tears. Okay, <laughs> I'll do that. And and I did. And um, I definitely needed some therapy, some sort of therapy. I probably still do. Like I needed something and um, financial, financial counseling felt right for me because I think the feelings were 
to me, they'd come directly from mm. debt. Mm. Um, so I went down this route with her and, um, I, you know, I had a, quite a number of sessions with her. <laughs> Literally two things, two things happened. First of all, she said to me, um, you get all your like values and kind of understanding and feelings about money from being born to the age of seven. And I was like, oh my God, my son's six and a half. I've got six months to create a well-rounded human <laughs> being. I was like, oh. so suddenly the focus wasn't on me anymore. It was like, oh my God, my son's just seen me be a wreck his whole life so far. I need to like make him financially stable. And actually that was really good for me because like I, like we talk about money in the house now. Mm. We talk about money. And you didn't before? No, well, I've just cried about money before. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas now, like I, he's seven. You've met my son. He's like the sweetest little thing. But I'm like, I need to teach you about money uh, <laughs> right now because you are not making the same mistakes I have. Um, and th- weirdly, this came up. And, and I feel that, again, it's probably a nurture thing. I'm just going to get my boob out. But I'm going to... Um, <laughs> you know, make sure he has this financial education. And he's seven years old and he has a job. Do you know oh my gosh. His, his job is to feed our dogs every day and he gets paid and it oh. goes into a bank account and half of it is allowed to spend and half of it goes into a savings account. And he is like, when um, I... Where's pro- my notepad? I'm going to write this down for <laughs> yeah, Literally, I, um, again, I read a book on this. So again, um, the financial coach or financial advisor, whichever category you want to put her in, told me um, about two books, actually. One of them was um, Dave Ramsey, Baby Steps Millionaire. Mm-hmm. One of the best books I've ever read. And now I truly believe anyone can be a millionaire, like 100%, go read the book. Um, and then there was another one, I think it was called Smart Kids, Smart Money or something like that. I can't remember the exact title, but whatever the one where he references children and mm-hmm. it's about teaching your children about about money. And I mean, I was late Straight to the game with, with, yeah, I was late to the game with his teaching because you should be doing stuff at a, a younger age but I was like right compound interest like we need to deal yeah. with this quick so so one of my focuses now is like teaching my son about money and how to deal with money at seven years old um and and I do actually the apprentices it's something I do sit down and talk to them about as well you know my apprentices in the business they're too young to have a pension yet you know they are actually too young but I'm like the sooner you can get when it gets offered to you you make sure you have one Mm. you know and I try and I suppose coach them about it a little bit I mean I'm not I'm not qualified to do so but I just think I wish people talked to me a bit more about this what was the second thing? And actually, thing? like, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to put myself now in an apprentice's shoes, and that that would have been really valuable. Oh yeah, <gasps> would I have listened? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because who wants to pay the future self? No, I, I didn't want to. It's all in the moment. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I've learned. Like. Again, and this might sound a bit like foo foo to some people, but this is genuinely where I was at. Is like. For me, it's not selfish to want more, Mm. right? That's one thing I learned. It's not selfish to want more than what I've got now. And um, to acknowledge that I've made some good financial decisions. Like I can acknowledge that I have made some good financial decisions. And, you know, (laughs) I spent all that time and they're the things I've got out from it, but I needed to get that. I Mm. I needed to go there and understand 
actually there probably were things from before me opening a business that have led me to not pay attention to money and to get into debt and to carry on with the problems in the business even though I wasn't paying myself like there probably are things in my childhood I won't go there that's like yeah yeah that's um that's yeah not there was any problems in my childhood but you know it's an interesting task and again I think if if you have a toxic relationship with money like hit me up I'll give you a detail I'll give you a details Mm. you know like it was really invaluable to me and actually the second thing that's it's allowed me to do is talk about this like I was like ugly crying you know when I was trying to tell her about this and she's qualified to listen and to advise me like Mm. um but she's made me realize that it this does happen you know I'm not we're not alone on it um she's absolutely brilliant she's called Fliss Wallace um she's you know again I'll be forever grateful for her guiding me in that direction how long was your your sort of time frame with her um it was over last summer um four months or six months I'll do it again though Mm. I will definitely do it again I'm in a different place again um now I mean whether I'll do it this summer or not I don't know um I definitely needed it at the time and um yeah she's in my life forever now she's not getting rid of me I think it'll definitely be a moment when people listen to this that oh financial coaching counseling yeah I'd say counseling not coaching because you you don't you're not learning about P&Ls or anything it's not coaching like that it's it's exploring your emotions and your feelings around money and where they come from yeah see I didn't know it was a thing and I think everyone that would listen to this would not think it was a thing yeah and we'll probably be thinking I need that yeah (laughs) like you have to dig deep let Mm. me tell you when she's like did anything happen to the age of seven I was like nada nothing yeah all fine tumbleweed <laughs> crickets and then I'm like okay actually let's yeah. go there mm. and just bring it up and talk yeah, about it and get it yeah. out yeah and funnily enough when I spoke to my sister about it who again identical twin we've had the exact same upbringing <laughs> again we had difference of opinions yeah. on this so it just goes to show you know it's there is something inside of you like how you deal with things you that know is different think I'm everyone. perhaps can be a bit more anxious than my sister about things I, I don't know like we are different people but we've had the same upbringing and we take different things out of different scenarios yeah no interesting I'm definitely um yeah I'm definitely going to be asking you for the for the name again <laughs> after this I'll message you I'll voice note you <laughs> yeah you'll voice note me <laughs> send me a podcast is what yeah I call it. oh well this has been amazing and you have let it all out so I, want to I say, feel like it's been verbal diarrhea. No, sorry about I want that. to say thank you so much for for that because I I got so much value in you just telling me, and then you've obviously you've given me more color today to the whole situation. And for me, it's kind of yeah, it's it's there's a lot of things there's a lot of light bulb moments for me that I've had during this. That's why I've been pretty quiet to be honest because I've just been kind of taking it because I've not let you get a word. No, in. I've been really kind of like soaking it all in. <laughs> So it's, yeah, thanks for the therapy session. <laughs> Certainly feels like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I want to say a massive thank you. And I think that perhaps will be it would be a good session to have with you and Natasha as well. 
um, yeah. in the future to discuss more. Yeah, I Natasha think- is Natasha's words are powerful. Like she <laughs> is really a words person. She really is. Like she she's a good person to talk to. Maybe we'll set that up. She's the person I ask for advice. Yeah. She's like, will you stop coming to me for advice? <laughs> <laughs> like, Tash, you, you have all the answers. Help <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, no, but it's honestly been absolutely amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so Thank welcome. You. Thank you. So this has been the Hairbrained Podcast with Alice Chief Hair and Natalie Crank from Air Education. Uh, thank you for tuning in if you want to ask any questions feel free to drop them below and we'll get back to you soon thanks a bunch lots of love